Welcome, world, to episode 334 of the Chamber of Chance Knowledge Podcast, the best podcast in the podcast land, mostly about video games. Mostly. Uh, with me, as always, is Alex. Alex? Where the fuck is Alex, man? What, what, what happened? He was here a second ago. Well, he's gone. No Alex okay. this week, tragically. Work. Alex has important work. things to do as a grown-up. And I a have important things yeah. to do as a grown-up, which is like video games and streaming uh, genre shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Does that mean I can say playing JRPGs is important? Yes, to you. Sweet. It's important to you. 100%. And that's, I'm and that's okay a, with calling that important. And that's a beautiful thing. If you can enjoy, why are you enjoying a JRPG? I, I'm still enjoying the same JRPG. I'm, I'm around about 40 hours now into Soul Hackers 2. Oh, wow. And I, um, I've come to realize that about half of the game is in this very samey looking dungeon. Yeah. Where you're kind of like diving through the different NPC, not NPCs, the different you know, party characters, subconsciouses, where you're trying to get to know them. Yeah, and, and the you dungeon get little, is just like a series of hallways. It's literally just a series of hallways with different things. And yet I keep going back to it. I keep doing the side missions and going back to it. I don't, hmm. I don't really understand why. I mean, it's... Well, let, me, let me throw something up there. It's, it's something comforting it, in the actual... Do you find it fun to play? I, I, I find the combat interesting because you have to pay attention to the combat. To the weaknesses and to the weaknesses sure and strengths and things like that. And I've also I've gotten to the point now where bosses and I, I think I've done a couple of optional bosses and side quests where they are going to kill you the first time because you waste the first round or two figuring out okay here's the weaknesses here's what they're throwing at me here are the demons I need to get and you can't get the demons moved around in time to keep them from killing you. Okay. So basically, you have to die once. And then you know, I need ABC demons for these weaknesses and these these strengths, and now I can actually take a shot at it. It's first, Well, I think that's frustrating, but it's also a very classic JRPG. It is. And those and tend I, to be the more memorable fights. And <laughs> I, I do not feel bad about having the wiki open next to me to help me remember the weaknesses of some of these oh demons. Oh my god. Uh, you don't do that. You don't do that. I, I, when I do that with a Souls game, you're like, ah, see, these games aren't designed well. <laughs> well, I mean, nah. the, the, the alternative is just to die once and go back again, but because Your my memory petard, is sir. poor. Your own petard. Uh, I suppose it is a petard hoisting moment. I feel that hoist. But I'm still, I don't know, I'm still playing it. I'm still playing it. I'm You're still enjoying to, it. That's kind of seducing me to maybe look at it, but if I'm sure if I did, it would be like fucking 80 bucks. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you would be annoyed with a very similar environments. The plot does not move very often, and when it does, it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. It doesn't have these oh. giant twist moments. Okay, well, you're turning me off a little, but the, the voice acting like is actually pretty to, good. I feel like if I were to check it out, I would surreptitiously enjoy the sexy aspect so much that I might just... I might coast for a while until I get to that point because really we're at a dearth of content right now. We uh, we are, yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, there were like what four press conferences, <laughs> in terms, including, okay, including in, TGS. There's tons of news. Now. In terms of headlines, we are not at a dearth of content. In terms of like new releases that I'm interested in playing. Yeah, no, it's it's rough. I right fucking now. played Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer earlier today. Well, wow, it's been it's been weeks. I know, and every time it was the only Ronin in every game. <laughs> But once again, I get a game in like, fuck, 30 seconds. It's crazy. There's still that many people playing it. Jeez. I know, I know. It's crazy. It's really, it's good, but 
Well, it is good. I mean, that's maintained enough. So hopefully when the second one comes out. So, so how many hours are you now into Soul Hackers? Soul Hackers 2, I'm, I'm just about 40 hours. All right, so you probably got another 30. I don't think it's that big. Hey, you're doing side stuff, man. I am doing side stuff. You're doing side stuff in a Shin Megami Tensei game. These games are uh, could be ridiculous. That's true, but it's not... It's not it, a mainline. It's not a mainline game. It's supposed to be more introductory. This is not the 80 hours or 90 hours of Persona 5 or anything like that. So we'll we'll see. It, it, it feels like like I fought the big bad guy and his evil man-made demon. And through some trickery, I killed the man-made demon, but the main bad guy got away. So, oh. I mean, it feels like it's building to something. Yeah. I hope it builds... Well, I hope in, like, classic Shin Megami Tensei it builds to like the end of the fucking world and then there's a, and then there's like a 20 hour epilogue <laughs> it very well could because that's what you're fighting against is you know still the, the main bad guy has four of the five you know MacGuffins to start the end of the world you've got one of them don't die <laughs> um I didn't get too deep into River City Girls playing as the guy character that is it that it's, it looks like it's a re-release of an old one it looks like 8-bit no, River, okay. I don't remember the title of the one you're talking about. It's like River City Girls Zero or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what and I saw. It looks, for, yeah. To me, it looks worse than Double Dragon. I don't know why. I just think I just think that, hang on, let's... I think it is Zero, uh, yeah. Let's, let's, be, let's be sure. River City Girls uh, Zero. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I don't even think it looks as good as like Double Dragon on the Nintendo. No, it looks bad. It looks really, really bad. And, like, there's no reason for it to look that bad when, you know, fucking... Yeah, there's no reason for it to look yeah, that bad. Even 8-bit graphics could be done really artfully, and those are not. Like, that that uh, diminishes the brand, as far as I'm concerned. It's like the um, those two Bloodstained games that came out. But you said those weren't bad. They were not. They were not bad at all. But they look shitty? That I mean, it was eight bit, but they cheated with some effects. Oh. It's not like it was. You, these could not run on an NES, but it's that kind of same aesthetic, hmm. but with a little more going on. Hmm. It doesn't sound that bad. No, they're, they're just Castlevania games. They're just linear Castlevania games. They were fun once or twice, and then don't need to play them again. Um. Hmm. Yeah, so I basically, like, I kind of like just stopped playing shit other than Overwatch with my brother, and watch movies and TV. Speaking yeah, of, have, watch in. have yeah. you seen Thor: Love and Thunder? I have not. Ah, fuck. All right. Well, well, Do you mind if I spoil an aspect not at of the all. plot for you? But listener, the aspect of the plot I'm about to spoil is at like the fucking end of the movie, and it involves the death of a character. Oh, this is beat, beat, beat. Jane okay. dying, right? Okay, so listener, stop listening now. <laughs> I already said it, so that's fine. <laughs> and. The way it happens and the turn that um, that her death affects is satisfying in its own way because it does turn into like a lovely little ending for Thor and a new beginning for Thor, and you love that. But the way that occurs is uh, is you're in front of like a wishing stone, and instead of wishing for Jane not to have cancer. <laughs> which has really been weighing over the whole proceeding. Yeah. Everyone's okay with the guy who's been killing everyone and is absolutely horrifying the entire show wishing his dead daughter back to life to spend a fleeting moment with her before he dies. 
And then uh, Thor adopts this young girl. Jane dies. That's it. Instead of just wishing Jane healthy. And we give the villain what he wants. That aspect of it... Okay, first of all, let's back way up. There was a death in the MCU. What? An actor? uh, No, no, no. A character. At the end of Avengers Endgame. And every movie since has referenced the death of Tony Stark and how that changed everything. Oh, yeah. And living up to the legacy of Tony Stark. And man, (laughs) that male Marvel character dying sure was important. (laughs) So, in the meantime, we've seen them... We've always wanted a decent Black Widow movie. We never really got it. It was just okay. And then they killed off Scarlett Johansson's character. Um, I didn't care much for Scarlet Witch until uh, WandaVision happened, and it made her an amazing character. And I cared about Wanda. And then they killed her they in the name her. of Doctor yeah. Strange having an interesting story, I guess, and it wasn't even that good. Now we get a female Thor. That's pretty fucking awesome. And you really enjoyed her. I really enjoyed her as, as Thor. And then we kill her as uh, as a as a point to you know push this aspect of Thor's story forward. And I'm starting to see a trend in the MCU, and it's bothersome to me. Doesn't she end up in Valhalla? Isn't that one of the post-credit sequences? Yes, yes. She like awesome. she like poofs. It's like, oh, you're in Valhalla now. You're welcome among the warriors. So that is my big beef with Thor: Love and Thunder. But otherwise, Thor: Love and Thunder is fucking awesome, and the best time I've had with a Marvel movie uh, in a while. Um, I com- is that Taika Waititi again? Did he direct yes. that one? Okay. Yes. And my complaint with Thor Ragnarok was that while there was great spectacle in Thor Ragnarok, like the I think about the the fireworks going off as they escape the city, and I think about the giant wolf on the Rainbow Bridge, <laughs> uh, and I think you know the 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 colossal fire monster, like the big some, monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was some great spectacle in Thor Ragnarok, but the actual choreography of the action wasn't that great. You really got the sense that these actors were posing in their costumes and. See CGI was doing the rest. Yeah. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Get out of here. What are you doing? The cat. Yeah, the cat. Thor Love and Thunder um, still has pretty shitty fight choreography. I don't think it's that great. But the spectacle is turned up to 15 and it's <laughs> constant. It's a, it's an absolute delight visually just constantly through this movie it is funny 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 for 90% of it and then Christian Bale shows up as this deeply shakespearean tragic villain and he is creepy as fuck he does an amazing job and they kill him (laughs) yeah and they killed him thor love and thunder made me think about marvel movies as shakespeare because i was thinking like shakespeare really was the pop culture of his day Mm -hmm. and a lot of it was like laughs and then a little bit of sad and that's exactly what Thor Love and Thunder is. It's a lot of laughs and then a little bit of, and then some sad and some scary, but it's just a constant like comic book whiz bang pow. Doing something all it's the time. All yes. the time. So I, I did quite enjoy Love and Thunder overall. Mm. I just, it's just, they killed Jane at the end and I was like, fucking really? <laughs> but nobody's really dead in the MCU. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they could like, you know, open a rainbow bridge to Valhalla. Yeah. The screaming goats were fucking hilarious. But if Jane went to Valhalla, where did Stark go? Uh, well, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't a warrior. Well, I mean, he I wasn't. Don't, I don't know these rubbles. <laughs> well, he went. He went to scientist heaven, which is nothing. Mm, that's true. He believed nothing, so that's where yeah. he ended up. That's okay. right. <laughs> uh, on Netflix, there's a light thriller with heavy racial overtones. 
called uh, End of the Road. Okay. Starring Queen Latifah and Ludacris. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That alone okay. made me like... Yeah, that's, that's an I eyebrow might, raise. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I might want to watch the beginning of this. Okay, so Queen Latifah is mom. Uh, her husband recently died. She spent all their money on his hospital bills. Now they're broke. So uh, she, her, uh, her teenage daughter, and her younger son are moving with uh, her brother, Ludacris, back to Texas to live with Grandma while they get back on their feet. And on the road trip, they are basically... Well, first they're accosted by just some racist assholes at a gas bar who, like, go out on the highway and do scary shit with them with a truck on a highway. And that's yeah, always... Texas. Yeah. yeah, th- yeah. Well, they're not even in Texas yet. They're oh, just in the south. <laughs> but, but that already, like, just ah, raises your hackles and, mm-hmm. and makes things so tense. And Queen Latifah's character is constantly ethical and reasonable and thoughtful. And she talks them out of it. She gets out of the car and goes up and talks to them. Um, And that's really how her character and her family deal with every challenge. And they are put up against um, some really murderous people in this. They end up in like a No Country for Old Men scenario where there's a bag of money. And the bad guys want them want to deal the bag with, of money. Yeah. want them to deal with the problem for them. Mm. Um, but but again, the family deals with everything really passively, and they're interested in getting out of there. They're not interested in hurting anyone. Um, they are endlessly ethical, and um, the writing is kind of the writing is not great. I don't think the plotting is great. I think you see pretty much every major twist coming. Mm-hmm. But you might notice every now and again. Uh, people will complain about a certain movie or a certain uh, black actor in a movie and say, man, they need to hire people who know how to light black people. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. This movie knows how to light black people. <laughs> um, the, uh, the lighting is awesome the whole way through. The cinematography is awesome the whole way through. It is shot incredibly well. Um, I don't like it's not like a, a five star movie. Well, it's a, it's a good two and a half with a really charismatic cast. It's not bad. It's really not bad. It's hard to dislike Queen, Queen Latifah on anything, though. I yeah, yeah. I really like you. You, uh, I tried to watch. She has an Equalizer series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I tried to watch an episode of that, but I just I just didn't, didn't get into it. But this was like Queen Latifah in a starring role. Remember that one where she thinks she's dying and she goes on a trip to Europe and spends all her money. Yeah. Yeah, I love I I it was a last one. trip or something like that. Uh, fuck, I love that one. It was just like, ooh, Queen Latifah starring in a comedy, let's go! And it was great, and this was fun. This was absolutely fun. On Netflix. Nice. Um, what else was there? Oh, yeah. My brother likes uh, true crime shit. Okay. And he turned me on to a series on Netflix called Catching Killers, and it takes, like, really famous serial killers. Like, remember that... Uh, time Charlize Theron won an Oscar for playing this uh, uh, this female serial killer. Yeah, what was that called Monster? No. Uh, yeah, it was called Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this this is just the true story of that story, and it, and they tell it, and each episode is a different killer. And the second yeah. episode, um, I think the second episode was her, but there was an episode that takes place in no, she was the fourth. There was an episode that takes place in Phoenix. Okay. And it was like a, a serial thrill killer. And what would happen, or what happens, is there's this cop out on the beat, and he's called to the hospital because uh, some teenager has been shot with a shotgun. And mm-hmm. he goes in there, and uh, there's a young, there's a young African American kid 
uh, with like a shotgun wound in the side. And he comes over here and there's a Latino kid who's been shot in the back with a shotgun. And he comes <laughs> over here and there's another kid been shot in the back with a shotgun. All these kids shot in the back or, or just randomly shot or in a random place on their body with a shotgun. And uh, so he he decides to kind of, he thinks this is kind of weird. Like, <laughs> And all, all yeah. of them kind of suggest that it might have come from a car, but none of them got to look at the car. They just think it was a car. Um so he goes and he looks into the files for wounds from shotguns and he finds that this has been going on for a while. Um, and a lot of, and like six or so people have died so far Jeez, with this exact same MO. But all minorities. So it hasn't really been, you know, maybe, maybe that was, that wasn't kind of suggested. And then it kind of cuts to the guy's partner. Uh, now, first of all, our, our main cop hero cop, I'll call him. I forget his name. <laughs> is this is this tall, thin drink of water who really cares about uh, how he clearly cares about how he styled his hair? Um, he's handsome and he knows it. There's mm. Something kind of cocky and arrogant about this white guy. Uh, his partner is kind of a squat, serious, maybe autistic dude who's uh, who is very detail oriented. And my partner is also very de- de- detail oriented, and that made us a good team. Uh, so you immediately like the partner. And you immediately kind of dislike the lead cop. It's like Monk we've got going on here. Come on. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the so so the story goes on, and the guy ends up, uh, Hero Cop ends up uh, leading his own task force to find this. And then they cut over to the partner, and the partner's like, yeah, he, uh, he, he was very invested in catching the killers. He would often come into the office, and, like, and the, the actor like comes in and kicks a garbage can, and garbage goes flying everywhere. Ah, fuck you. We haven't yeah. caught the guys. Ah. <laughs> and then it cuts Tantrum back. here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Hero Cop. He goes, I was under a lot of stress. I remember being <laughs> under a lot of stress. And uh, so he's out. So the, the unit is out um, kind of patrolling the, the city dur- at night during the hours of like 10 and 2 in the morning, um, hoping to, you know, f- see something or just be there to respond to someone who's injured by this guy. And they get a call. <laughs> and, I, and the Hero Cop says, and I got a call under the radio. That they had shot an innocent young white woman, mm. and uh, and was really offended by that. Clearly, and then it, and then it cuts away again, and then they go they go back to them, and he he says again that he was really offended or really really horrified the fact that this could happen to a young white, white woman. woman. Yeah. He says, and he and <laughs> what I love about that, he has no idea what he's saying. What I love about that is how much that exposes his character and the fact that the people making the documentary made sure that we got to see him do it twice, just in case we didn't catch it. Um, so long story short, they do end up they do end up catching the two guys who were doing it. They were driving around and just they were just fucking maniacs, um, and got one of them to flip on the other, and then just came down like a house of cards, and they got them both. But uh, yeah, catching killers, not bad. And the, the episode about um, um, that lady serial killer in Florida was was a good episode. Hmm. Yeah. And tragically, that's really all I got this week. I, uh... Yeah, I mean, aside from my aside from my JRPG, I've been playing much. I keep Steel looking... Rising has arrived, and I'll touch it before next week. Oh, that's the that's, that's Marionette that's... Souls like. Marionette Souls like by spiders, so janky as fuck, probably. But It'll we'll give it a shot for next week. Oh yeah, and I started watching uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Oh, I, that's out already. Yes, 
I, think I might need something to watch when I'm reinstalling Windows on my laptop. So, <laughs> see, um, that's it's taking its time with the story, but I want to see where it goes. Like, basically, there's this, uh, there's this punk kid who is basically a street kid. And his mom wants him to be a corpo, but he's born a street kid, and the corpos aren't letting him in the world. Um, and by the end of the episode, he has a, a Sandivistan installed, which is, the, uh, which is basically a spinal column that allows you to slow time for yourself. Nice. Yeah. And by the time that occurs, it's like, okay, I'd like to see what, what happens next. So it's, it's rolling, and it's done by Studio Trigger, and I fucking love them. Their action is second to none. So, yeah. Are all the episodes out now? I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So does that mean it's time yeah. for headlines? I think so. I, I may investigate that, because I'm looking yeah. at my laptop down here going, you're not going to boot, are you? <laughs> now it's offered me very unpleasant reset options. I don't want to do that. Anyway. In my experience, when you come to that point with a laptop... It's time for a new laptop. No, I don't know. How no. long have you had this laptop? Not that long. Only a couple of years. Yeah, that's how long they last. That's why you get I desktops. Know. They last for years and years. Desktops I can actually repair parts in. Laptops are intentionally impossible to get stuff in and out. Yeah, really, I would endorse a laptop or a desktop purchase. More yeah, yeah, well. Unless you're one of those people that sits with a laptop in bed to watch your movies. No, no, not at all. That's yeah. not it at all. It's, it's, it's more... Honestly, it's more money right now. <laughs> well, but, you deserve it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Headlines. In entertainment news, a lot. <clears throat> Hashtag chance was right. Abbott Elementary's Quinta Brunson won the first ever solo Emmy for a black woman writing in comedy. And Cheryl Lee Ralph won for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Only the second time a black woman has won the category and the first in 35 years. Side note, did you see the headline that the Emmys ratings dropped by like 25% to the I, lowest I, ever? I did notice that. Did you see Cheryl Lee Ralph's acceptance speech? I did not. I did so, not. Listener, if you want the best acceptance speech you've ever seen, uh, Google Cheryl Lee Ralph Emmy acceptance speech and enjoy. It'll brighten your day, I promise. Uh, the Abbott Elementary production donated 100% of the show's uh, Emmy promotion budget to, school, to schools in need. Because cool. that's how Quinta Brunson rolls. Um, I just learned this this week. <clears throat> 44,500 Canadians died in the six years my country participated in World War II. In the past two years, 44,662 Canadians have died due to COVID. We've exceeded World War II. In one-third of the years. Uh-huh. I'll get my fourth shot, probably soon, since they're out now. I don't know. If, I don't know if we we get fourth shots in Canada, but I've been meaning it's, to ask. It's the new one for the new variant. I could I, I could dig that. I don't want to. I'll take it. I don't want to get variants. Uh, it's going to be a yearly thing now, but that's fine. Did you watch the teaser trailer for the Little Mermaid? I did. Now, did like we're both the same age, so you mm-hmm. we probably saw the Little Mermaid when it came out. I did, yes. And I haven't thought much about Little Mermaid in the intervening years. I can still do a mean version of of uh, Kiss the Girl. <laughs> but I really didn't think much of that teaser until she started singing. Yeah, that's a pretty good voice. And then once she started singing, I was like, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of want to see this live action Disney like movie. Like late memories come up. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, like, wow. Like, I, didn't, I didn't think I would react like that, but I kind of did. But then I thought about Beauty and the Beast. And the yeah. Lion King, and basically everyone that wasn't the Jungle Book, every yeah, live action yeah. Disney remake is like, mm, 
but it's not for us. It's for the next generation. It's it's not for us. And predictably, mm-hmm. there are people who are like, oh, well, that's first, not Ariel. First, the reaction of that I've, I've seen a bunch of reaction videos online of young black girls reacting to that. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, too, and it's, it's wonderful. And that's fucking delightful. And then you see all these uh, disingenuous racist arguments for why Ariel should be white. And the responses to those arguments piss me off because someone's like, here's my logical sound, I think sounds logical reason why a mermaid should be Caucasian. And someone addresses their argument as if the argument itself has any merit no, whatsoever. You, instead you don't of responding, respond to those. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucking racist. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. This is a racist statement. You are a racist person for saying this. Um, ugh. That, that aspect. Ugh. I hate I hate that that aspect is any part of the conversation about this and not all this generation of girls going, oh, my God, Ariel looks like me. Because for my our generation, Ariel was like Disney Princess Prime. Yes. She was the first of the new generation at Disney. The, the There was Ariel, then, uh, then Belle, then Mufasa or something, Jasmine. But Ariel was the first one. That's and cool. you know what? If it bothers them that much, just go watch the old movie. They're not yeah. taking the old movie away from you. You'll enjoy it's it. right there. <laughs> if it's anything like any other live-action remake, you will definitely enjoy the original version more. Yeah, it's probably going to be a better movie anyway, but that's not the point. That's <laughs> not the point. It'll, it probably won't be as good based on every other live action, but uh, the, you know what? The music in in uh, Little Mermaid was fucking great. And Poor Unfortunate Souls is still a poor, great song. Who, like, who do they have playing Ursula? I don't know. That I was don't my know. question when I saw the when I saw her as Ariel. Uh, who's playing Ursula? And uh, I don't really care who's Prince Eric. No, it doesn't matter. Um... I don't know who's playing Ursula. I, I'd have to. I think I looked at the cast. I don't know if it's even shown yet. Let's find out. Hang on. Let's see. Uh, Little Mermaid, twenty twenty three. They should Ursula. go because you know the original Ursula was based off a drag queen. So they should oh. go full. They should go full bore and have a, a dude. Okay, <laughs> in, I'm, I'm kind in of drag. I'm kind of sad they went in this direction with it. Melissa McCarthy. Oh no! I did see that, and I went, "Oh no!" Because I don't think she can sing. Yeah, I think we could have uh, made it. Like, but she's funny, and she's Ursula's. Scary. Yeah, Ursula's <laughs> not. Ursula's a, a straight up evil villain. No redeeming features. Nothing like that. Ursula is a bad guy or girl yeah. or fish or whatever you want to call yeah, it. You know what? With um, I, I'm interested to see how Melissa McCarthy looks in her Ursula getup. I think that might change my mind a little bit, but, in, True. but immediately you tell me it's Melissa McCarthy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's not yeah. bad. And uh, Prince Prince Eric is a Jonah Hauer King, who I have never heard who of. Who cares? Uh, British actor, starred in the last photograph and A Dog's Way Home. Mm. Well, that's kind of good. I have no idea who that guy is. Oh, and Aquafina's in it. She's a voice oh, of Manuel Miranda's in it. Ooh, Javier Bardem is King Triton. Yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda is the voice of the chef, I believe, isn't it? The voice Who's of the chef, the chef. That's one of my favorites, too. The Witcher Blood Origin got a trailer this week that I did not watch, but I will watch The Witcher Blood Origin because Michelle Yeoh's in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that immediately makes it better, just yeah, automatically. I had no idea. And then I was just scrolling down. And I'm like, Michelle Yeoh, Witcher, okay. <laughs> Henry Cavill and Michelle Yeoh, okay. No, it's a different thing. It's like said a thousand years before. Oh, yeah, it's, okay. It's well, that's fine, too. other new Witcher series. Uh, okay. 
uh, a restored version of The Muppet Christmas Carol will release on Disney Plus in December, including the song When Love Is Gone, which was cut from all DVD and video releases of the film following its theatrical debut. Weird. With licensing issues? That's weird. Well, apparently, no, apparently it was too scary. It was They thought they thought the song was too scary for kids. Or too sad oh. for, for or something. Eh. Um, Mr. McCracken, Alex, watch the trailer for a movie called Dead for a Dollar. It stars Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, Rachel Brosnahan, and Benjamin Bratt. So the cast is immediately, oh my god. And then you see the cinematography and you're like, this looks like it was shot by a college student. (laughs) It has the worst lighting and cinematography on excellent actors I've ever seen. And I wonder if it might be brilliant in its own way and it's trying to do this intentionally. Like, all the actors are so good, I kind of want to see it. I don't know. Maybe it'll be brilliant. But it looks terrible. Hmm. And the dialogue doesn't look great either. Uh, Disney Plus's Willow got a trailer this week, and it looks fucking awesome. They're doing everything they can, aren't they? Uh, fuck, no, no, I am down. Like, just, get to my veins. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am so down. I am so down with a Willow series to look forward to every week. I fucking love Willow. Willow is one of my favorite all-time fantasy movies. Absolutely, I'm down for a Willow series starring Warwick Davis. And they have they have the, the little pigby guys back. Little miniature dudes. Those same actors are back. Nice. Okay, okay. Yeah, and the woman Sorsha. Sorsha is also back. Cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, Netflix has announced the intent. Oh, and that's not true. That's not true. I think it was just a rumor. Ah. Uh, uh, Disney announced a prequel to The Lion King called Mufasa, The Lion King, coming in 2024. Animated, I hope? Um, I think it'll be like the, the, the quote, live action Lion King. I think it'll be CG. Oh, CG? Um, uh. Yeah. It's like, no one needed that story. Is, James Earl Jones is still around, though. He is, but I don't think he's doing anything anymore. Plus, if you're doing young Mufasa, you can't use James Earl Jones. Why not? Like, it would be so hilarious if, like, this little kid comes out, looks up, and says, Hello, mother. (laughs) 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 He was commanding from birth. My touches. (laughs) In In Overwatch news, there's actually a lot this week. Overwatch 1 will go offline on October 2nd. Overwatch 2 launches on October 4th, so there will be 27 hours where I can't play Overwatch. You'll live. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. Tunic will be out by then. Um, New Overwatch heroes will be unavailable in competitive mode for their first two weeks. Is that to give the non-paid people a chance to unlock them? Well, okay, but if it is, let's say it takes you two weeks to unlock the hero. And it could, and according to some estimates, it could take as long as six if you don't play a lot. Oof. Um, That means, but again, let's say you do play a lot and you do unlock it in two weeks. You have just unlocked the hero and never practiced on it, and now the competitive season is available. Yeah, true. Again, I don't like it. Um, yeah. Free, uh, the free track of the Battle Pass will allow you to unlock them in about two weeks if you play a lot, and five to six weeks if you don't. A new map in Portugal, Esperanza, will be added to Overwatch 2 at launch. It's a new push map. Uh, owners of Overwatch 1 won't have to unlock any new heroes. Um, everyone gets uh, Junker Queen and Sojourn, and... If you don't own Overwatch 1, uh, you have to unlock Kiriko. Hmm. If you own Overwatch 1, she's unlocked the launch. <clears throat> Kiriko was finally actually revealed this week. What's weird is they put out her gameplay trailer, which kind of showed her abilities, but not really because you can't see cooldowns. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> it really pisses me off when they do that because you see all these abilities, but you have no idea how powerful they actually are because a cooldown has a huge impact on that. Um, so here's her deal. Um, she has a, pr a protection Suzu thing. It's basically a grenade that she throws at the ground. Um, any ally in its area of effect, they are cleansed of most negative status effects. They haven't explained which ones. Hmm. Uh, and you are briefly invulnerable. So it's like Baptiste's immortality field, except um, it's better because as your allies move, they continue to enjoy the effect for about two seconds, it looked like. And they don't receive any damage from incoming enemy fire. Like none. Like Ooh. a Baptiste uh, invulnerability will drop you down to like 15% health or something like that from a Diva Bomb if it goes off next to you. But you're still alive. Yay. Yeah. This, if you're standing next to it, you're full health. She hits you with a protection thing. The Diva Bomb goes off. You have taken no damage is what it looked like in the trailer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the, the cooldown on that is going to be a big question. Uh, she has 12 kunai that deal minimal damage. I think she throws them one at a time, but they deal bonus headshot damage. So, okay. Interesting what that means. Uh, she has to reload it. She has five healing talismans, and she holds it down like Moira doing her spray. So you hold down the button. The, as, the longer you hold down the button, up to five healing talismans will shoot out of your hand, and they will seek out allies in front of you. You can miss with them, but they, for the most part, they'll find someone and they will curve towards that person. They've got tracking, minimal yes. tracking. Yeah, yeah, they have some tracking. Um, and that will recharge. So there's not a reload for that. Uh, then she has Swift Step. She can teleport to an ally, kind of like a Reaper's um, uh, Shadow Step, where there's a short animation where she does it. She can teleport through a wall, and then there's a short animation of her reappearing. She also has uh, the passive wall climb. She can wall climb just like Hanzo and Genji. And her ultimate is called Kitsuna Rush. Now, some people said we uh, months ago when the Overwatch there was an Overwatch 2 trailer and there was clearly this glowing fox running along the ground. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were like, oh, that's the fox hero. My brother was like, that's the next hero. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. That's an ability. And that's what the ultimate is. She summons this spectral fox that runs forward and allies who follow the path that the fox lays down, and it's fairly wide, uh, get accelerated movement, increased attack speed, and increased cooldown speed. I, I'll be interested to see how that actually plays. Uh, all Overwatch 1 loot boxes have been automatically opened, and all seasonal cosmetics are now available to freely purchase with your Overwatch 1 fun box. Did you have any loot boxes, unopened loot boxes, sitting it, around? It opened four, but what was weird is I earned another two today somehow. I don't know how. Mm, all right, I thought, well, I that's fine. I rewarding loot boxes anymore, and I had to open them. Uh, Ubisoft had its little thingy on Saturday actually showing very little. You actually watched this. I did. I did watch it because I, I had, I knew they were going to talk about some Assassin's Creed stuff, but I just had this little tiny hope that maybe they'd say Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still a thing, and they did not. So. <laughs> we should begin addressing this conference as we address all Ubisoft conferences by reminding ourselves and the listener that Ubisoft press conferences are pretty shitty. Yeah, they're never good, especially without Aisha Tyler. Yes, they're, they're, they're never particularly good, and they always spend too much time on shit like Just Dance, which sells <laughs> gangbusters, but we don't care. No, I don't, Gamers don't yeah, care. It's not. Um, and I actually did watch it, too. Like I just I was just making notes for the podcast. So yep. they started with Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope, which actually looked pretty good. It did. I, I do. I'm not going to play it, but I like the fact that it's not grid-based. You can see how far you can move because mm -hmm. it's it's a turn-based strategy, but it's not just like squares. 
Yeah. I thought that, I think it just looks better. Yeah, and and I love that kind of game. I think I actually bought a copy of it for my Switch, but I never played it. Oh, that reminds me. I remember that game that's under embargo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I definitely have stuff to report on that to you and to oh. the listener, but that'll come next week. Okay, okay. I can't talk about it yet. Sorry, right, tease. Tease. Uh, and Rayman DLC will come to, will come to the game. So they've the game isn't even out. Is is no. And they're showing DLC, DLC, and I'm like, hey, how about a new 2D Rayman game? But no one will so. do that. Yeah. Uh, then they did a quote deep dive, is what they called it on Skull and Bones. Yeah. But they I'm, didn't show yeah. anything new. Uh, what they did show was a video of people on their internal play tests who say it's fun. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's all they showed. Uh, it, the game will have crossplay at launch, and it comes out November eighth. I'm, I don't know. Now I'm starting to think it's just Sea of Thieves. I, it doesn't even look that good to me, frankly. Yeah. It doesn't look as involved as Sea of Thieves to me. And I don't like the idea that if you've got this armor on your ship and that guy just happens to have those weapons, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't like that. That It's rock, paper, scissors with the armor and the weapons. Um, I'll definitely wait for reviews. They showed Riders Republic Season 4 with BMX bikes coming September 14th. Free on I forgot the game existed, yeah. <laughs> free on all platforms. Uh, they showed Tom Clancy's The Division 2 Heartland, which is a free-to-play survival action shooter. Some microtransactions. Uh, <laughs> Go figure. Division Resurgence, Resurgence is a phone game. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you know exactly it. Yeah, Valiant Hearts Two will be available on Netflix in 2023. I might actually play that. Yeah, that actually. I mean, it's another mobile game, but it looks interesting. Or, well, I mean, the first one like got an award or something, didn't? It? Yeah, yeah, I, I know. It's interesting to see that actually that the whole Netflix game thing actually coming to fruition and yeah, putting stuff out. That's not just like you know Candy Crush nonsense. It's like you, you fucking fired all these animators and doing this instead like eh, no yeah I don't, I don't get it uh, uh, a live action Assassin's Creed series will come to Netflix and an Assassin's Creed mobile game will come to Netflix yay no one cares about your mobile no game. one cares about the mobile game yeah uh, or, or that live action series to be completely honest true. that'll probably be terrible yep uh, teaser for season 3 of Mythic Quest was shown which is weird I forgot that um, Ashley Birch is in it yeah yeah no I didn't because it's on Apple and uh, okay. but I just I never watched it when I had like the the free trial. Uh, then they sh- okay when I say they showed Assassin's Creed Mirage they didn't fucking show anything. They showed us some CG trailer stuff. They showed yep. a fucking CG trailer for the reveal for their next big Assassin's Creed game. It is Basim in Baghdad, and that's cool. It is cool. Basim is like the guy who teaches Ivor how to be an assassin, right? Yeah, he Basim is also not a good guy. Well, it meant by that time, but this is like Basim as a young man learning yes. to be an assassin. Yeah, yeah. Basim is the one who survives and spoilers here for the end of Valhalla, like is alive again current day. Mm. Yeah, so he has escaped out basically he's escaped history and he is alive current times. That so does make it more interesting. Yeah, yeah. He, and he has he has history with like family dying that, that he never never explained, so this is probably going to be that explanation. It's like Lestat. <laughs> Could be. Did you see that trailer for the this? I think it's on Showtime interview with Vampire series. I I did, and I think it looks okay. I, I checked it that out. It does. It's it's very sexy. Very it's, lots of bodies of okay, well, you know. But it's interview with the vampire was is like the classic um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the. I, I'm trying to think of the word sapphic love, but sapphic, I believe, is specific to, to women. There were a lot of gay undertones with Interview with the Vampire, the book, and Interview with the Vampire, the movie. But yes. But they were never explicit. This Interview with the Vampire, he, he directly says Lestat was my murderer, my mentor, my lover, my something else, mm-hmm. he says. And that immediately, I don't know, raised it in my, in my eyes. It made it more interesting. That you're you're not letting that subtext be subtext anymore. Now it's text. Yeah. Now it's text. <clears throat> uh, there will be a docu. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, Mirage is coming in 2023. Pre-order now and get an exclusive 40 Thieves side quest. Never Mir- pre-order anything ever again. Mirage, Don't pre-order. Not from Ubisoft. Mirage yeah. is a smaller stealth-driven Assassin's Creed, more like the classic games. That's yeah. fine. I don't yeah. need another 80-hour or 90-hour Val- Assassin's Creed. I, that's fine. I, I like that idea, and I think that about some of my favorite parts of um, the uh, the Ezio trilogy were just like those jumping challenges where you had to like just get through a, a platforming challenge. Mm-hmm. And it still felt like Prince of Persia, you know? I, I have hope. I don't. <laughs> it's still Ubisoft. <laughs> uh, a documentary about Assassin's Creed's 15-year history is coming. Yeah, that's not really that much of a history. Yeah, here, here, good. Here's, but not only that, but just here's a bunch of Ubisoft people talking about how important their, their game is. Yeah. Like, I'm yes, sure you've made lots of them. <laughs> yeah, not all of them are good. You've made a lot of them. And in fact, when last we spoke about them, you said you were moving away from this like yearly thing and making sure you were going to bring back quality and do fewer releases. Keeping that in mind, Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC, the last chapter, is coming and it will be free. They're also doing an open-world Assassin's Creed game for mobile in ancient China. So we finally get an Assassin's Creed in Chi- China. And it's, and it's the a, mobile one. God and it's a fucking phone game. Damn it. Yeah. So, fuck you, Ubisoft. Uh, and finally, they announced again with a CG trailer, Assassin's Creed codenamed Red will be an open-world RPG like Odyssey set in Japan with a bigger world than the upcoming Mirage. No gameplay was shown. No release date was discussed. No anything. And then we heard about Assassin's Creed Hex. Mm-hmm. You heard about Hex? Yeah. It's... That, if, but, okay, so it's like just set during the witch trials in Europe, I mm-hmm. believe. And if it That's is. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but if it is, it is, and you're doing a, a, a show where the bad guys are killing witches, if this isn't an Assassin's Creed game with a female protagonist through the entire thing, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> Okay, I mean, We're at least they let you choose Ivor. Ivor, uh, you could yes, be. Yes, I mean, yeah, I, I agree about Ivor, but they yeah, did for, in Odyssey for, as well. You know what? As if we can keep it, so you can choose going forward, great. But if there's no fucking female option to play, like, I, and I don't want it to be like Syndicate, where sometimes you're playing as the guy and sometimes you're playing as the girl. No, let me play as the witch assassin character in the witch assassin's creed game through the whole thing. That would I don't want to be cool. warlock. That would be pretty cool. Which? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was a lot of nothing. There was a, a Just Dance thing that they talked about, uh, which I completely which I, turned out for. Which I didn't even write down, because is that yeah. worth discussing? No. no there's another Just Dance. Side. Guess what? Next year, guess what there's going to be? Another, another Just Dance. Another Just God. Dance. <laughs> Who buys this shit? Anyway. Um, I don't know. I mean, I imagine college, someone must be. They keep kids. on doing it. Kids. No, kids. Yeah. And I'm, maybe it's great exercise. Who knows? I don't know. 
It's but for me, for my gaming experience, it's not what I'm looking for at all. That's like you know, if I wanted to go play racquetball, I could. <laughs> but do you want to really? No, but you I have, really want to. I have an incredible music collection. I could dance anytime I want. The reason <laughs> I don't is because I'm a singer. Anyway. <laughs> And you don't want somebody scoring your dance. I'm sorry, that's only a 10,000 point dance. That's no good. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you have failed the dance challenge. CD Projekt <laughs> announced this week that they are, quote, totally fully committed to developing the Cyberpunk IP further. Uh, Phantom Liberty will be the only major expansion for 2077. Again, they reiterate. Uh, yeah. They intend to grow the IP in non gaming areas, anime, etc. And some folks are getting the impression that there will be a new Cyberpunk game coming after Phantom Liberty. Hopefully in like five years, give them plenty of time. Yeah, well, I wonder if uh, they've got the city and they can just keep on prettifying, making the engine prettier and prettier and running better uh, and better. True. And then you know, just give us another game in the same city. You don't need to give us Cyberpunk LA or something. You know, we've got nice. That's city. true. Uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves will come to PC on October nineteenth. Congratulations, PC players. Enjoy. Um, that's the one with which, which one is that? Legacy of Thieves is the one with the two female leads, whose names I have forgotten. Well, it's Chloe and, um, oh, Nadine, Chloe and Nadine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very good. It was a nice, short, bite-sized one hmm. with some, like, not open not open world areas, but larger areas to explore. It was it was really good. Better than four. Maybe I should check that out, because, yeah, I, I, I have always enjoyed the action of the Uncharted franchise. Yeah. Of its 13 upcoming titles in 2022, only four of Square Enix's games are for Xbox. In 2023, they have five games, and none of them are planned to come to Xbox. And uh, some insiders are suggesting that they they might be further positioning themselves for a move to to be a Sony property. So, can we take a moment to bitch about Sony complaining about the buyout? Because Sony's like, oh, you can't buy Activision, it hurts this. Because no, no, we can't. Because in the same, in the okay, one side of the mouth is going, oh, exclusive this. Other side of the mouth is like, oh, by the way, within, within Hogwarts Legacy Japan. has specific DLC to PlayStation. Within Japan. And I'm sure there'll be specific DLC for Xbox, or maybe they won't, who knows. But no. with, within Japan, Square Enix is very, very important. Throughout the world, Square Enix is really, honestly, not all that important. And all of all of the money, all the entirety of Square Enix makes is a fraction of a percentage of what Call of Duty does. If, if Sony's going to buy Square, they should just get around to buying Square. I don't care now. They can have Square because Legacy of Kane, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex now are back with Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, but Crystal Dynamics are now under whatever, Embracer Group. Embracer Group, yeah, so, which we'll is not see. necessarily great. But I wouldn't we'll have faith in that. Um, speaking of Squeenix, after losing $200 million on Avengers, Square Enix now considers the AAA games market to be extremely risky and volatile. They intend to move forward. Okay, it's not volatile, Squeenix. If you make a good game, people will play it. You didn't. Yeah. Uh, they intend to move forward by forming joint ventures and taking minority stakes in projects. And making games whose titles are all the same font. Yeah, it was really weird. Like Octoplath Traveler 2. Yeah, and okay. one of the, what was what was one of the names of the game? What, the da- name? Like Daily Life or Live a Life or, or God, it was it was a t- it, it terrible was, name. Yeah, it was a bad, yeah, let's look it up. Square Enix announced. We'll get to the Nintendo conference, but the Nintendo conference was not great. I, I didn't even do notes for the Nintendo conference. Oh, yeah. it was they they had one Everything thing announced by Square Enix. Da, 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 da. Daily Life or uh, 
Various Day Life. Yes. What the, and the same font as everything else they've released. In the same engine. They all look the same. Well, maybe, I guess they must be finding some success with that formula. But it seems a little formulaic to me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Outer Wilds is now available on the new-gen consoles with 4K and 60 frames per second. That's actually an idea. Maybe that. You maybe didn't that play that, did you? No I, no, I did a little bit, but I got sidetracked by something else. I went back to um, Death Stranding this week. Hmm. I reinstalled that, and I reinstalled something else, and then I'm playing, like, the first half hour of Death Stranding. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to watch TV. Hey, Deathloop is on Game Pass soon. I could get mad at that game again. Uh, <laughs> but you didn't finish it. You didn't like it. No, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> well, no, so why? <laughs> I don't, because it's on Game Pass. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's all kinds of other interesting shit on Game Pass that might actually Hopefully be soon, yeah. That Metal Hellsinger is one, the, the music-based shooter. Yeah, I watched the trailer I for that. I really didn't enjoy it the first time, but maybe I didn't calibrate it right, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I I tried to watch a trailer for that today, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not that big in the middle. Click. Mm-hmm. Uh, da-da. Elden Ring won Game of the Year at the Japanese Game Awards this week. Shocker. But it's not, we're not done with the year yet. Well, if they cut it off in June. Uh, I suppose. Depends when your year is. Uh, a closed beta for Street Fighter VI will take place on October 7th to 10th on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and Steam. And Steam. Uh, eight characters will be available, online matches, training mode, and crossplay. You have to sign up, or you have to... Um... Sign up for the closed beta. They'll let you know if you get in or not. I already signed up. We'll see. The announced characters... Oh, go ahead. Ken. Yeah. E. Honda. Mm-hmm. Dalsim. Mm-hmm. And Blanca. Yeah. The rest of the OGs are all in now. Ken does indeed look like he's down on his luck. Looks like homeless Ken, which is pretty cool. Honda and Dalsum look like Honda and Dalsum, and Blanca is wearing a bib overall. Yeah, he looks more like a dude. Yeah, or a gorilla or something, but I've watched the trailer several times. Oh, I have. Um, okay. And at one point, Blanca takes out a Blanca-chan, the little doll from Street Fighter Five, okay. drops it on the ground, electrifies it, and then knocks it at the, other, at the opponent, what? thereby setting a trap. That sounds to me like shenanigans. Oh, 100%. Because then he does an invincible hop to the other side, crossing him up, and it the, the doll runs into him and hits him because the guy's blocking the wrong direction. It is so shenanigany that I was like, oh, I want to do this right now. That's what the Blanca in 5 was missing. It's not that they have the shenanigans. This is a, It looks just stupid with shenanigans. Um, Dalsum also looks really good. The animation on his limbs just looks really kind of creepy almost. Okay, maybe I should watch this trailer. It's 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 a cool one because it goes through the um, the single player content and I mean literally literally it's got a it's kind of they kind of cribbed the build a character from Monster Hunter so it's really deep create a character and you go through and you just learn different things from different you know other characters you can go to Ryu and learn a fireball you go to Chun Li and learn lightning legs and you basically build this little create a character and run him or her around a world. Well, so so that, it's. I, I, I kind of want to do that. But when you pick a character, how do you pick your fighting style? Is it just like you're taking Ryu, or you're taking or? You're... Uh, you, there's, there's, you probably build. You probably start off with like fewer moves and build as you go. Really? Yeah. But is it like a choice thing? Like, am I going? It's to a choice be... thing. Oh, I'm, so... I'm sure it's a choice thing. Well, I'm, I'm, but is it going to be like 
can I get like Ryu's uppercut, but E Honda's kick or something like that is what I'm saying. Uh, from what I could see, yes. Holy shit! You won't be able to play this character in online no. matches, will you? Okay. No. No. So I mean, they have not announced this yet, but the what people want to see is an entire separate mode where you can take your bullshit broken creative character and play against other bullshit broken creative characters. Just keep that separate, which is fine. Well, I I think maybe a better way to do it would be to make let your entire character be one of the characters that you can play online. Yeah, that, that's that's closer to like the Soul Calibur creative character, which is this is cool too. That we can just kind of be creative with a design. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's they visually it's whatever I want, but it's canon yeah. Or Square Square is doing. It's like they finally realized why does Mortal Kombat sell all the copies? Well, the because it has. Mode. It has a significant single-player content to it. And it really cares about how it looks. Yes. Yeah. And this is, this still doesn't look as good as MK11. MK11 was really a great-looking fighting game. It's just the art styles are so different between the two. Yeah. Um, this still doesn't look that good. It's running RE Engine. It's some of the characters, like Blanca in this art style is like, oh, that's kind of cursed, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, the other characters look good. So, we'll, we'll, I mean, the game isn't out for probably a year if not a little bit less so we'll see we'll yeah, but, see okay well you made me want to watch the trailer I'm going to have to watch that trailer there's actually three of them you want the one that goes through like the single player content because then it does the character reveals in there too okay uh, ta-da. Uh, we're just going to skip that uh, Xbox Indie Sable will come to the PlayStation 5 before the end of the year yay yeah, there you go finally I've been waiting for that one uh, PlayStation 5 exclusive Deathloop will come to Xbox and Game Pass on September 20th there you go Enjoy. It's, um, what's the company's name? Uh, Arcane. Yeah, it's Arcane's worst fucking game. <laughs> it totally <laughs> is. It totally is. Like, if you want to kind of play Deathloop, but you want a good game, go play Dishonored 1 or 2. They're awesome and they hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, my deleted tweet of the week. <laughs> the tweet was, Riot Games is starting to block in-game purchases in Valorant if you've already spent over $10,000 to promote healthy financial decisions. And my tweet, which I deleted, responded, If you run a shop that permits people to spend $10,000 on a single video game, you're not promoting healthy financial decisions. See, I had a great tweet that someone beat me too. So we'll get to it in a second. But Nintendo announced a game that we all knew was coming. Uh, And they showed off some video of it. And then online, they put they tweeted out 4K art. They literally said 4K art for the game cover. And I wanted to respond to it. Funny that the game will run 720p. And so, someone beat me to it. So <laughs> someone literally said that Zelda, exact that thing. Yeah, we're talking about Zelda. Okay. So yeah, they had a ton in the in the Nintendo showcase, but it was really just a ton of Square Enix shit. Uh, there was a little bit a lot of, of farming stuff. <laughs> a lot of farming stuff. If you go on a farm, Nintendo was the spot for you. Um, Sifu will come to Switch this November, is notable. Tunic will also launch on the Switch on September 27th, as well as PlayStation. And the only thing that fucking matters that entire press conference, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and will launch May 12th, 2023. That and I'm so sure it'll be easy fine. Yeah. Well, you know, after Breath of the Wild, I'm expecting it to be as good as Breath of the Wild. But given that it's Nintendo and they always need a new gimmick, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> showed a lot of plummeting between things flying. Yeah, so a lot of plummeting and not much wilding, you know? <laughs> yeah, I need the wild. It's a long ways off. It's a long ways off. We'll I see if it I even want makes that. kingdom. That. They showed a lot of tears. I want to see the kingdom. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, also in Nintendo news, sales within Japan of Splatoon 3 surpassed $3.45 million in the first three days. This isn't just a launch record for Splatoon. It's a record for any video game ever launched in Japan. Again, $3.3 million in three days. It took Elden Ring two and a half weeks to hit $1 million. That's amazing. I had no idea that game was so popular in Japan. I've actually never played it. Yeah, me neither. Um, that's like... Well, the thing is, I don't want to play a multiplayer shooter on Switch. No. It's like if people are playing it, but I, I looked it up, uh, 3 million is 1% of the entire population of Japan. Good lord. Yep. Uh, ta-da. At that Disney showcase, Amy Hennig's game was kind of finally revealed with a pre-rendered trailer, and you're, I think there's four playable characters. You play as T'Challa's grandfather, Azuri, uh, Black Panther, Howling Commandos member Gabriel Jones, like a soldier guy, Nanali, who leads the Wakandan spy network, a new entity operating co- op- operating covertly behind enemy lines during the war. So basically like the Dora Milaje lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, Steve Rogers, Captain America in the 1940s. Um, okay. Sad we didn't get gameplay. Like, but... Who's actually producing that? Disney's not making it its own. I no, mean... no. It's, it's Amy Hennig. I forget what her studio's name is called. It's a beautiful name for a studio. Though. Hang on. Yeah. Didn't get to do Star Wars. We'll never know. I want Amy Hennig's notebook. Just gonna flip through it to see all the crazy stuff in there. Skydance New Media. Okay. Yeah, it is lovely. PlayStation had their state of play thing this week. It was twenty minutes long. Uh-huh. And also uh-huh. had real like it was so short, but as someone who loves samurai shit, that's true. You had like three things. Yeah, there was actually a lot of things in there that I was like, hmm? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and then none of those things were like you know Sekiro two. They weren't like, oh my god, no. that is definitely going to be awesome. But they were things that made me kind of go, hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I missed it, but Tekken eight was revealed. There's no launch window. Yeah, it's they just showed Jin and Kazuya fighting on a volcano, and it looked Tekken-y, So uh, Tekken Eight, Unreal. This there, I mean, I I doubt that will be next year. I doubt that will probably be 2024. Unreal Engine Five for Tekken Eight. Yeah, I'm sure it will be lovely. Uh, then they sh- oh, these were terrible. Then they showed oh, like this so Star Wars <laughs> Tales of the Galaxy's Edge for PSVR two. Uh, which uh, how did you think that looked? Not. Good at all. That looked like a game between the PS2 and the PS3 era, kind of. Yeah. Um, looked fucking terrible. Then they showed Demio, a tabletop RPG for PSVR 2. Which and I, had no reason to be VR. Yeah, I didn't I mean, care at all. Um, I'm not buying PSVR 2. I'm too. not going to do it. Me too. Uh, then they showed Like a Dragon Ishin. Now, I don't remember what this game's original release was. It was like Yakuza. Maybe it was just Yakuza Ishin. Um, but what this is, is it's a crazy game from the, from the Yakuza studio. It's just set during samurai times, kind of during the end of samurai times. Um, so what you, what you're giving me is an open world brawler where I'm a samurai and there's a ton of story. You got a gun too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that's this one. Well, he had a revolver in this one. The other one, he has one, he had like a, like a rifle. They both, 
I think. Uh, no, I think I'm not. I'm not sure. There's a lot of trailers I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, yeah, I might be yeah. mixed up, but I don't think there was a gun in this one. But okay. uh, that that is definitely enough for me to keep my eye on, even though this is a remake of like a PS3 game. The original, this original spinoff came out in 2014 for the PS3 and PS4. And this is, they remade the whole thing in Unreal Engine 4. Did uh, it even come out in the States? No, it never or did. Or the Western Hemisphere? It never did. Um, okay. Now, the reason it's called Like a Dragon is because the name of this series, um, Ryu Go Gata, or whatever it is, that doesn't mean Yakuza. It, mean, it means Like a Dragon. And, okay. Yeah, and, and so, but it's always sold in the States as Yakuza. Now they're just officially changing the name. They also announced, uh, outside of the PlayStation Showcase, uh, they announced Like a Dragon 8. And, you know, for a moment you're like, what? There's never been a Like a Dragon in North America? No, yeah, it's just so Yakuza 8. Yeah. yeah, it's just Yakuza 8. Um, they announced that, also coming to PlayStation, I think everything else. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on that. I don't know that I'm going to jump on it. We'll see. Uh, they showed a PlayStation exclusive mission for Hogwarts Legacy. Which I'm not going to play anyway, so play it's it. fine. Yeah, enjoy. Uh, Pacific Drive is an atmospheric <laughs> drive light. Yeah, I was. I kept watching that going, it's a station wagon. I'm not excited. Yeah, but it's a station <laughs> wagon with all kinds of like sci-fi shit in it. I, I, I don't understand what's going on at all, which is yeah, probably so, the so point. The, so the, but, yeah, but so, the, so there is no real tension. Yeah. Because I don't get it. I don't get it what that meter means yet anyway uh they showed little digital items you can earn by taking part in the playstation stars program to really make your friends jealous mm-hmm. and to show off to your friends they said who, who don't care yeah who are you going to bring over and say look at this it's that little monkey from ape escape on the ps <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like yeah that's that's good that's good but, you know you've you got a true that, friend who really gets you if that if you really it's really important to you that they that they see it and the friend is like oh my god <laughs> that's really cool yeah I don't I've been trying to get Ape Escape Ape for for weeks so, I can't I figure mean, it out Home did people really like Home a certain some people really liked Home <sighs> I don't think those were good people <laughs> <laughs> they all end up in Second Life which those, is still yeah, running those kind of scary people uh, da-da, da-da. Sin Duality, a Japanese mech combat game, kind of yeah. shown. Um, very anime. I thought it was meh. Very anime, yeah. But not as anime as... <laughs> Project Eve has been renamed Stellar Blade and is still mostly about jiggly butts. Yep. Um, also very anime. Also very, very anime. Um, I'm going to need to see reviews before I look any further into that jiggly butt game. Oh, Nintendo did show a bunch more of Bayonetta 3, which I did not yeah, watch. but uh, apparently she's, like, walking down the street in, like, a pink knit sweater and jeans. She's, like, looking modern and everything. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, like, the artists I follow on Twitter were like, oh, I gotta draw this. See, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am going to play it, nah, but I'm going to complain. I probably won't even play it. Like, how are you going to play it? Are you going to Game Pass or are you going to buy it? I'll Game Pass. I'm not going to buy that. Oh, right. I always forget they come physically. Yep. Then they showed Rise of the Ronin, a Team mm-hmm. Ninja game for PlayStation 5, coming in 2024. It is an open-world action RPG. Um, you're playing as a masterless samurai at kind of the end of the period of samurai when Western influences were uh, affecting the country. Um, Sony has apparently been supporting the project for the last seven years. It hasn't wow. taken seven years to make. It was, like, very early in, you know for a couple years 
it will have four different combat styles. Uh, you can just be just a master of the sword, you can wield two guns, you can have a katana and a gun, or you can just go barehanded. And I don't love Team Ninja's action usually, but if an open world action RPG kind of needs to be a little more accessible, I think. Yeah. So, but they do tight, tight combat. So if it's both accessible and really snappy and tight, ooh, that could be really good. I'd, I mean, visually, it looked interesting. Yeah, it didn't. I don't think it looked as um, aesthetically pleasing as like a dragon, Ishin, But uh, no, but I, I, I dug the the slightly different time period they're using. It's not just another samurai game. It's like, you know, the West has arrived and they're fucking things up. Go yeah. figure. <laughs> <laughs> it is what we do. Mm. Um, oh God! What, did we talk about the death of the queen last week? No. Okay. No, we didn't. Um, do you know what the the most the most celebrated holiday throughout the world is? Um, no. It's, it's not Christmas. Not, no, it's Independence Day. There Who's are, Independence Day? There are like. <laughs> Independence from the English. From Britain, exactly. (laughs) I'm talking about, like, it's like, it's either 80 or like 120 different countries who all have different days celebrating their independence from Britain. Um, (laughs) And I think it's, you know, I I don't remember how we talked about this last week, but the Queen herself as a person always came across as a perfectly nice lady who was actually fairly witty and funny. Um,. She was also the figurehead of a country that did horrific things. Yes. And while one doesn't want to say fuck you to a witty, nice old lady who really carried herself with a lot of dignity, I feel. Charles, on the other hand. No, no, no. Well, on the one hand, I I agree. Like, just just a little little old lady in a vacuum, I agree. But this is not a little old lady in a vacuum. This woman was the symbol of that country. Mm -hmm. The same way Donald Trump was the symbol of yours. Oh. And it's perfectly fine to be angry at the person whose job it is to be the symbol for an entire country, I think. I think anyone who's ang- who wants to, you know, say good riddance at that probably has good meaning, too. The best thing I read about it was um, uh, someone explaining what it's like to be Irish living next to the British. What that's like is um, living next to a house... Where they, where everyone in the house is completely obsessed with clowns, and follows everything that clowns do, <laughs> and you don't really care for clowns, and also, you can never talk shit about clowns, and a clown killed your parents. <laughs> um, so there, I think there are people who, who deserve their toasts that were drank that night. And yet the Scottish, in Scotland, they just love it because you know, I don't know. Do they? I don't know. That's where she lived. Oh. They were lined up for hours yeah. to. Oh, yeah. And Charles is a wanker, so it's a. <laughs> uh, I saw. I saw one where this guy comes goes up to a guy just sitting at a drinking a beer on an outdoor patio, and says, uh, "Do you have any uh, condolences you'd like to express about the death of the queen?" And the guy goes, "I'm Irish, mate. Fuck off." He goes, "Fair enough." <laughs> 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 Thank you for not pooping my ass. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and then finally in the Sony showcase, uh, there was a t- like two and a half minute, fairly beefy yeah. trailer. I mean, it wasn't a deep dive by any means, but a two and a half minute trailer for God of War Ragnarok. And when last we saw Ragnarok, just these gameplay impressions, it was not looking great. Oh, I don't know. It, it didn't thrill me. But that trailer, mm. uh, the state of play was... Kratos 
has officially uttered the oh, hardest yeah. line yeah. <laughs> ever spoken in a video game. Death can have me when it has earned me. Oh my god, I want that on a shirt and posters. I want it on my body. It's just, oh my gosh. I don't think he died in uh, in God of War 2016, but Kratos did die in like each of the original three games. Yeah, but he just crawled out of hell and came back. Yes, I know. Because death so, hadn't earned him yet. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that was fucking awesome. Uh, all the action that was shown did look fucking awesome. Uh, the variety of environments and the variety of enemies that was shown. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And they, they showed what people wanted to see. They showed Kratos. Fighting Thor. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the axe and the hammer meeting and stopping. And then both summoning them. Oh, it's like, yeah. yes, it's fan service, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's what I wanted to see. Yeah, Freya was back, meh, yeah. but you know, it's alright. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it absolutely hyped me for the game. And she's like, oh my god, the boy has something else that will probably kill one of my sons around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, I do love that you see that the the Atreus, oh, yes, man. is more confident in, in pushing back against him now. Well, I mean, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, who has misled Atreus into thinking that there's something he can't tell his dad? Kratos himself has. He didn't want to hear it. No, no, no. Kratos is asking him, why are we doing all these things? And Atreus is like, oh, trust me, and I can't tell you. Oh, I'm sure that's, you know, it's probably because he can read and Kratos can't. Oh, so you're saying, like, he's read something that tells him that uh, he's made to kill his dad or some shit. Yep. Oh, or he needs yeah. to do something and he doesn't want to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Once we get to, you know, once we get to Jotunheim, I'm, I'm going to need, what's the name of the guy who's a severed head? Um, um, Ymir? Yeah. Mimir. 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 Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, once we get to the mountaintop, I'm going to have to give you the Mimir treatment, Dad. I'm sorry. I'll wear you both around my belt. We'll still be family. <laughs> I doubt Freya will bring you back, you know, on account of The whole everything. killing Boulder thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the whole first game, you know. But I'll, I'll stick you in a in like a vat of honey, and you won't, you won't, you won't rot. So this this is it. They're only making two. That's right. We figured it would take too long to make uh, to make people wait for the conclusion of it, which is rarely a good thing for a story. But for a God of War story, the classic God of War is just kind of kept on going. Oh, we're not done. Now we're doing this crazy shit. Yeah, and if this can give me that for longer than I expect it to, uh, I'll be impressed. And if it does it with more spectacle than the last one, because the last one, frankly, did not have enough for me. It did not. It did not compare to earlier God of War games. As far as the big boss fights, no. I mean, I I always think back to the very first God of War, the Hydra on the pirate ship. Yep, the Hydra set the standard. And, yeah, and it only occasionally returned to those. Like I think, and God of God of War Two had the Colossus of Rhodes. I never thought much of the Colossus Rhodes fight. I didn't like. I didn't like it as much. But I loved all the smaller boss fights, like in God of War Two. Like you've got. Uh, I always think of uh, Medusa. The Medusa fight in God of War Two is incredible. Um, oh yeah. And then in three, you've got Hercules. The, the fucking, no, not just Hercules. The Titan. You kill Kronos yeah. in three. Wasn't it three? It was a two. It was no. It was three. Yeah, it was three. Yeah. Or the fight against the Fates. I want to say the end of two. Yeah, the fight against the Fates was incredible. Where do you fight Hades? Is that three? Uh, yeah, Hades is three. That's oh yeah, the Hades fight was incredible. But but three also had like the giant ice scorpion. 
Where the fuck yeah. did this come from? Who wants? Who, 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 who thought this was cool? The same people who wanted us to hit the crabs weak point for massive damage. That's who. <laughs> the fucking suits. The suits who don't get it. Gotta put the suits. Gotta put the. There's a crab. Put the crab in there. So. Yeah. W- one thing that absolutely hyped me for the new God of War was seeing worlds with people in them. I think you go to the land of the dwarves, and they're all just still walking around, you know, having conversations and living their lives. Yeah, it's true. God of War was there was like five characters. Yeah, and it really pissed me off. And one of the things about the first God, well, the first most of the first God of Wars begin with Kratos in a populated area. Yes. To to kind of ground you in the reality that people live in this world and what and this crazy you know meteor shower happening is affecting people's lives and through all that Kratos runs and kills people you know <laughs> that that, <laughs> no that, that grounds us in this world and we didn't get any of that Kratos himself is larger than life everyone he meets in God of War twenty sixteen is larger than life uh, there are no small people affected by these exploits we need to see those small people to give a shit about the exploits I think. True. It helps. It helps. It helps me. Yeah, but then there's the whole sequence of going back for the Blades of Chaos. Yeah. So good. I wonder if he's going to lose the Blades of Chaos in this one. I mean, you've seen video of him using them, so they're there. But I think I've seen video where he doesn't have them on him as well. I wonder if he gives Mm -hmm. them to Tyr or something. I do love the, the the parts you hear of Tear. Tear's like reluctant almost. Oh yeah, no Tear's you know done the war thing. Yeah, he's just he's doesn't want to do that anymore. But the thing is, like, there's all this talk about fate in this game, and and um, you know, fighting... he killed the fates. Yeah, he literally he killed, killed the fates. Say, like there were three horrible old women who were <laughs> yeah who were masterminding the life of everyone. Don't worry, I took them out. You can do whatever <laughs> you want, son. You don't. Have... And, but okay. The spectacle of uh, the wolf chasing the uh, the sun across the sky and ripping reality and and night yeah. comes through and the wolf howl the other wolf howls that was fucking awesome. Is the giant wolf in their Fenrir? I don't. Or am I mixing am I mixing mythologies again? I no, there's I no. There's, it I would be Fenrir. I think there's. Because uh, I'm thinking back to fighting Fenrir in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, Skull and Hati. Okay. Skull okay, and Hati so. are the wolves who are only mentioned in passing reference that have to do with their pursuing Sol and Manny, the sun and moon, through the sky in hopes of devouring them. Yeah, <laughs> and um, Fenrir, like, eats Thor, I think, at some point? Skull and Hati, or sons... No, Fenrir is, is Odin, S- after Odin. Skull and Hati are the sons of Fenrir. Okay. Interesting. They I are, wish I knew more about these other. They are the mythologies. offspring of the wolf god Fenrir and the giant Enarvidia. School chases the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Those mythologies are so like dense. There's so much to them. Well, I mean, people were inventing their stories, and they were crazy at the time because <laughs> they didn't understand how anything yeah. freaking worked. Like, What's that in the sky? Well, it's it's a ball of fire. Yeah, this, really? This was seriously like like when when your when your kid says why and you don't know, <laughs> so you're like, well, there's a wolf. What do you mean a wolf? There's a wolf in the sky, and it wants to eat the sun, so the sun moves to get away from the wolf. What's the wolf's name? Fuck off, skull. <laughs> <laughs> but why does the moon move? Okay, so there's two. There's wolves. another wolf. <laughs> yeah, there's two wolves. Where did they come from? 
Now you're just making stuff so up. You heard, yes. You heard about that other wolf, Fenrir. Oh, Fenrir's the god. Yeah, okay. Well, Fenrir got laid once. <laughs> <laughs> From a giant. It was really weird. Just don't think about that too hard. <laughs> What's scary is like, we think back to the people of that time. They didn't know anything, right? And that was what, a couple thousand years ago? They knew how to survive in the wild better than I do. I'll give them that. True. Scientifically, no. But they didn't know scientifically, they knew nothing. So put us forward 2,000 years and we know nothing. Assuming that there are still people, because there might not be. Um, we could very well kill ourselves. Yeah. But just imagine what we don't know now. It's terrifying. Oh. And wonderful at the same time. Yeah, I was. we were talking about that in the office the other day. We were talking about... Um, I forget if it was sexism or racism, but it was something to do with social consciousness and judging people of the past by the ethics of today. Hmm. I, doesn't, I don't think that serves us very well. But to keep in mind that as enlightened as we feel we are now, this whole thing is like a globe that's always turning towards you. It's a sun that's constantly setting in the distance. And you got to keep walking towards that. And in 20 years... The people, you know, the next generation, the people who kept on walking are going to look back at our generation and go, fucking bigots. Like, yeah, well, what am I going to be intolerant of know, in, in, like, in 20, 30 you know, years? We're, we're, we're absolutely doing the best we can, I think. I, I just try to live and let live. <laughs> That's all I really want to do. Yeah, no, I never... <laughs> I, never had an, I never had a racist alarm bell ring during the podcast I once went for a job interview and um, and a girl bugged me to ask the guy for for an application for a girl just I met in the mall bugged me to ask for an application for herself so she could get in as long as there were any fucking Jews working there yeah so I went but at the same time I told her I would so I had to give a response and I walked up to my boss and I said, you know, can I get an application for so-and-so? He goes, oh, yeah, she's nice. I go, I go, I don't know if she's, she's nice or not. She's definitely anti-Semitic. And that was not a problem for my boss at all. No. Oh. I think she got hired. Well, okay, but, you know, I'm not saying anti-Semites don't deserve jobs. <laughs> just, <laughs> that would be a little I've, tough to say. I've, but I've it's... dealt with racism more from strangers than I have with anyone on this podcast, I think. Unless something slipped by my, you know, I, um, I mean, I, I, I have. We have the white sensibilities, though, so I'm sure that's, that's we've the said problem. shit to each other. Yes, that someone else is rolling their eyes at, going, "Ah, these guys don't get it." They have, don't understand, and and the problem is, I don't know if we are capable of understanding unless someone tells us. Oh no, we were, but but we're open to the notion that we could be at fault. I think that's the important part. Well, okay, here's the barometer. There are things that exist or are recognized now that were not exist or recognized when we were children. For example, when I was a child, I didn't know what someone who was trans was. I had no idea. And now, you know, I understand. I kind of understand. But And you know what? That's cool. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah, but, but there were people who don't have the advantage of being born when we were born who were taught from a very young age that there's something like really awful about that and they feel terrified by it and they need to attack it and I I, you know I disagree with hate in all those forms but if we teach someone to be a duck 
and then they're a duck for the rest of their lives, and then it becomes distasteful to be a duck, what do you do with that duck you raised? It's not easy for people to change. No, it's not, but uh, I think just but if, you can if try. they're somewhat problematic in your life, I think having a conversation with them is a good way to do it. That's true. Um, like, you know, my neighbor wasn't a... Uh, I don't think I talked about it on the podcast, but, you know, my neighbor wasn't, uh, it wasn't a situation like that, but it was definitely a situation where someone was acting out of line and you had to have a conversation with them and doing it in just a way that understands that you're doing these harmful things because someone once taught you to do this. And, and it's not okay. And it's not <laughs> It's actually, it's, it's hurting people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. What I say matters. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> so there are, I, I believe there are plenty of, of genuinely good-hearted people who were taught things that they don't understand are malicious. Mm. It's, it's hard to hate. It takes so much more energy to be hateful. It really does. Much better being generally apathetic, which yeah. is also not right, but it's not... Yeah, but it's, it's so much better for your stress levels, man. Yeah, I can't imagine being angry at people for, like, being different than i am <laughs> no i mean i i told because there's something intimidating about about someone very different right like if you're walking down the street and a great lurching figure starts hobbling towards you on the pavement and i'm talking like like huge broad shoulders an arm that you can't really see where it is on the body in the shadows yeah like great lumbling you're gonna like there'll be a moment of like what the fuck is about to happen that's true um, we're, we're taught, we're animals and we're taught to be wary of things that we don't understand. And what's nice is the kids today understand. They don't, um, I'm, I'm sure there are families out there that still unconsciously instill or consciously instill negative programming like that into their kids. But I hear a lot of stories about, uh, kids at school, um, walking up to classmates and going, I'm sorry to ask a personal question. Are you trans? And they go, yeah. Because that's fine. And the kid goes, oh, okay, cool. Do you want to go play ball? Yeah. There's a whole generation. But people our age can learn. There was one of the, before I quote unquote retired, um, there was a store manager from another one of the stores. And they brought her over to work with me for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm the old experienced one and she was relatively young. And I had not met her before. And she arrived and was six and a half feet tall and clearly transitioning to female. And I fully admit to misgendering her at least once, but it doesn't take that much to be conscious and say, her name is Erin. She clearly identifies as female. She's a she. And there, it took like 10 seconds of brain retrying, retraining, and it was done. And to her credit, when I did it the first time, she just kind of looked at me, and I kind of went, (laughs) and that's all it took. (laughs) I've gone through the experience of having people I work with who I've always known as one gender transition. That's rough. That would be much more difficult because it's just just reflex. It's in your lizard brain at that point. And it's, it's hard. To not dead name someone when when you've known them for years as that name, but you don't talk to them all that often, then they walk up to you and it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. stop, stop, stop it, stop it. Yes, and you know you're you're horrified of doing it wrong, and I'm sure they're frustrated that they have to, you know, be here to hold your hand through you adjusting to this. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
but but again, just like the just like the thing with my neighbor, as long as the person approaches it with um, a mind that can embrace the idea that you might be wrong about something and there's a better way to do it, yeah, um, you know that's that's just the way forward. Just just a little bit of humility. But there's there, there I mean that you may not there understand. Are, yeah, there are still built-in difficulties or prejudices or like that. So are you are you familiar with Philosophy Tube YouTube channel? Uh, no. So Philosophy Tube was done run by Oliver Thorne was I believe his performance name. He's an actor in the UK, okay. and he did a lot like long form hour hour and a half videos on on philosophy and how it applied to modern life. Oh. Very liberal left wing, really interesting stuff. Um, and then at one point he did a video where someone came out playing as him, and he came out as Abigail Thorne. He transitioned. Okay. Oliver is Abigail now. Doing the same videos, but as Abigail Thorne. And I stopped watching him. And and I don't I don't know why. Um, okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we, we now we we've kind of suggested this in the past, and uh, the way I like to say this <clears throat> is um, we live in a racist, sexist society. We still do. Mm, yes, we still do. We still do to the point that when there's a trailer for the Little Mermaid, we have to have a fucking discussion about this. There's, <laughs> there's still so tired of having to have that discussion, yes, but yeah, you're right. There's <laughs> there's an interesting uh, political thing going on in the states where weirdly a lot of women are signing up to vote. Because we are still currently in the year 2022 living in quite a racist and sexist society. Mm. You and I were raised from a very young age by a much more racist <laughs> and mm-hmm. more sexist society. And when, um, when I think, I can't believe we haven't had this conversation on the podcast before. When I think back to how um, someone who was perhaps born a male and is currently wearing a dress was shown in any media that I consumed as a child in the 80s, as a teenager in the 90s, and for a lot of the 2000s as well, I think Ace Venture is the perfect example. Mm, oh, the vomit scene. Or it, the, is, yeah. it is shown to be the most horrifically awful person that our straight white male protagonist could possibly be put in this situation with. It is shown to be a horror to be witness to... Mm. Someone who was born male, now wearing a dress. Um, so there was a lot of programming for us. In, this, in the same way that if you think about the TV shows in the 80s and 90s, if you saw a black man on screen, he was probably being arrested. Yeah, or out, the bad guy, or yeah. dealing drugs, yeah. or something Outside like that. Outside yeah. some notable examples like Cosby Show, Fresh Prince, um, Jefferson's, were, um, um, Family Matters. Um, yeah. There, there are there were notable counterexamples, but the vast majority of stuff mm-hmm. showed what you saw. people that black people were criminals. Showed you that transgender people were terrifying, like absolutely horrifying. Oh my god, they touched me! Whoa! Like mm-hmm. we were really programmed with like a religious terror almost for it from a really young age, and that's like being told that if you don't do blah blah blah, you know. You'll burn in hell forever. When you're four, <laughs> when you're five, when you're six, when you're very impressionable. Uh, we are ducklings of the world. We are I'll geese. Be... And mm. things make a huge impression at that age. But again, um, 
Yeah, so I don't, I don't think it makes you a bad person that that made you uncomfortable. Um, you still watch what's his name? Oh, sorry, fuck. Sterling. Sterling. No, I don't. See, but for I, different I reasons. Just, I just. But for different reasons. Sterling is, is, is a hate. Because because Stephanie has become uh, Stephanie's shtick has not changed in like three years, and she says the same thing over and over again that it's just no longer interesting. So it's like uh, Yahtzee Crash Crashaw. Yeah, it's just not. I just, I mean, maybe if she did something new, like she's honestly, she focused more on her wrestling now than anything else, which I think is interesting, but you know, I'm not terribly interested in that either. So it's no, I, I, I don't want to say I've given up on, on Stephanie Sterling, but until she does something yeah, interesting but you again, didn't, or you new, didn't stop watching when they transitioned to Stephanie. No, I did not. It was a much more, it was much more gradual of like, this really isn't that interesting anymore. Whereas with Philosophy Tube, I've tried to watch a couple of them, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know why. It's its probably because I was witness to, and part of it is, is that as a guy, he's a very handsome guy. And as a, but I'm looking at. As a woman, he's gorgeous. Yeah. She is gorgeous. She's, she was just like, as a human being, she had those facial, facial features that are just, they're all there. And and now after transition you're like wow it's no. still all there. No. <laughs> it should be noted that what we are doing is. I'm not making excuses. No, no, I'm no, saying no, it's but, kind but, of embarrassing but, but, that it, I react this is, way. Even that is a very I think is a very. I react the same way when I when I I just brought it up on YouTube. I subbed because I'm kind of interested. This is like an hour and a half talking about philosophy. That sounds fucking interesting. Yes. Um. So I've subbed and I'll check it out. Um. But my initial reaction to all the thumbnails was, uh, wow, she's quite. Uh, yeah and i think that is also is kind of is well not kind of that is problematic in its own way because we our initial our straight reaction to it is to somehow judge the effectiveness of this person's transition in whether or not they pass and there is no correct way for a person to transition but again no no that's true like i did again this was my programming i did this as well just as a knee jerk um and there, yeah, there there is no correct way to do it. People <laughs> are going to, you know, be whoever they are and look however they look like. And I think of the words of Nick uh, Nick Offerman. Is he the guy from The Office? Mm, I thought Offerman was Parks and Rec. Yes, Parks and Rec. Character. Yeah, Nick Offerman. Yeah, Nick Offerman said, uh, "If you ever get concerned about how you look, just wash your face. You're beautiful. <laughs> That's it. Wash your face. You're beautiful." Um. So, that's, a but, good, that's a good outro. Yeah, but we were we were raised we were raised a certain way. It's good to be conscious of our biases and how our unconscious actions um, could harm others. And just try and just be thoughtful of that as you as you as we try to navigate this scary modern world. No, it's just it's new things all the time. I think the <laughs> I think one of the most illuminating things about for that was get out. And the way these white characters were trying to have comfortable conversations with a black character, but, but because we were so focused on, um, on Daniel's character, we could see how things that were perhaps meant in kindness, but said <laughs> from a certain yeah. perspective, can be really uncomfortable for someone, or really racist for someone. Like, I voted for Obama twice, shit like that. Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Well, well you're black, so. <laughs> I know, but it, um, it really made me examine uh, 
um, myself. And whether or not there's things I do unconsciously in conversations when speaking to black people that, um, that suggest a reflected discomfort on my part. I worry. You've got to worry about that. No, you do. And, and being in retail, I don't know, for as long as I was, you get very good at just talking mm-hmm. to people. And you realize quickly that people like to be spoken to as they are speaking to you. Well, that's I, okay. That's normal. meaning in meaning that's vocabulary, yeah, meaning right. enunciation. Yeah. So people will naturally I mean, mimic each other as they talk. Yeah, I and and I, I find myself doing that, and I'm like, is this okay? Is I'm not doing it on purpose. It just kind of happens. Oh. Do they even notice? <laughs> the answer is probably no. But well, someone walks up to your, um, someone walks up to your station and goes, "Excuse me, sir," and you turn around and you go, "Yes." Like, that's normal. Someone walks up to you goes, hey, you turn around and you go, hey, I, that's normal. Yeah. That's how people talk to each other. But, yeah, but again, it's, you know, I think it's good to be mindful. Hmm. It's hard to be mindful. So much to be mindful of. <laughs> because when you're, well, when you... Self-improvement never stops. Yeah. I've given up, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what? This is what we got. I was awesome at 30. You should, this is as good as it gets. You should have yeah. caught me then. I was writing every day. <laughs> All right. Well, I need to get my laptop working so I can actually edit this thing somehow. Good luck. Oh, God. Laptops are not designed to be repaired. Select reset option. I don't want to do it because I have to reinstall everything. And I know, I know that Audacity changed something. So I was using an older version of Audacity. Oh, crap. The intro and outro are on this. They might be gone. Well, you mean, oh, I can send you this. You could, but I had I had to cut perfectly. <laughs> That's all right. I'll figure it out. All right. In that case, Alex will be here next week. Probably. Hopefully. Chance, thank you for talking. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you in a week. Oh.